OTB AM setting you up for the day ahead. Luton is an easy is an easy name to say. This is what was just happening in the studio here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know people who have flown into Luton. OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. Monday night rugby on off the ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're welcome along Monday Night Rugby, so sport, it is not predictable. URC final 2023, Stormers against Munster in Cape Town. This was not on the cards for much of the year this time last week, given Munster's extensive injury list. Indeed, it wasn't on the cards really last week. But come on in, Jack Crowley, drop goal, nine minutes at the Aviva Stadium. Ron O'Gara, cock of the hand in celebration. Leinster 15 Munster 16 and Leinster, of course, have no time for licking of wounds. La Rochelle loom large this Saturday in a European Cup final. And meanwhile, the Andy Friendly era at Connacht is officially over, beaten away to the Stormers. That marks uh, a serious effort and a great tenure as well. Also, 15's game in a state of quasi-crisis, but 10 years on from the first major tranche of investment in a sevens programme, the women's team have qualified for the Olympics in Paris next year. So there is... Uh, a compensation of sorts to events of late in the women's game. Very happy to say, Gordon Darcy, Grand Slam winner and of course Heineken Cup winner is with us. Good evening. Good evening, guys. And Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent here in the studio as well. Hello. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Rory O'Connor, as the most ardent Munster critic in the country, as the chief doomsday uh, merchant, do you want to apologise or do you want to take credit here? What's your approach this evening? I have a prepared statement, Joe. I'd <laughs> like to... Um, the kick that saved Irish rugby is that is that where we're, where we're going with this? Like the uh, the derby that was dead and now suddenly is alive. I mean, Munster's season there's a, there's nearly a book in it, you know. I mean, and you know, I sat in this studio about six months ago and predicted they wouldn't get into the European Cup next season, and now they're in a final with a trophy on the line and and. More power than like that's amazing, like an incredible. Early and season. often, I would say that you promised that they wouldn't well, get into Europe. I mean, in fairness. Sorry, I'm not going to start in fairness to myself. Um, but Graham Ranchi said on Saturday, three weeks ago, they were looking at, at this going, we, we're not going to get into the European Cup. We, like, we're, they were in a dogfight and they've gone and they've won in Cape Town. Yeah. They've drawn in Durban. They've won in Glasgow and they've won in Dublin against in a, a venue where they very rarely win against a team they, they never beat. If they win this URC title, having gone having lost the, the Dragons away and not got a bonus point against Ebre at home in the start, at the start of the thing, finished fifth, meaning that they're away in all the games, having to cross the hemisphere, hemis- sorry, the equator three times in two months. Like, what a what a story it is and what an achievement for... Like, they will say themselves they had a bad start to the season and they got themselves in a the hole, but the way they fought their way out of it is incredibly impressive and it's brilliant. Mm. It's great for Irish rugby because it's good for Leinster in a, in a in a it's not good for Leinster right now and this week, but having rivals that will drive them on to, for Irish rugby to have a game of that high quality, forty four minutes ball in play at the Aviva Stadium. I think the next time they, they won't have a problem opening up those top decks. You know, people will come to see these two teams play each other if if Munster are going to take Leinster on in that way, and you you can make the point that Leinster arrested a lot of players, and there was a whole team nearly sitting in the stand. But that was a choice that Leinster made. This was the Leinster team that Leinster put out, believing it was good enough to win a URC semi final against their biggest rivals. That was Leo Cullen's choice, and we know why he did it because it's a big game next week, this weekend. But for Munster at the stage of development, missing the players they are considering it's the year one of a coaching um, group, and considering they haven't won anything since 2011, it was a great game a great performance and it's a great achievement so far and you just hope that they go and finish the job now because 
it would be a shame if it ended with a defeat to the Stormers away from home and they didn't come away with something tangible from it. But the progress is there. We can all see it in the way they're playing and the way they attacked from minute one, the way they approached the game, the way they turned down points, their positive approach. A lot of it, Leo Cullen made the point, was robbed from the Leinster playbook or borrowed from the Leinster playbook and getting Leamy in from Leinster has proved to be a masterstroke. What a, you know, what a, a sleeper agent in the Leinster setup for a couple of years. That's been a real, um, a real uh, bonus for them. Um, but it's brilliant. It's great. To see, it's great to have two Irish teams in two different finals in consecutive weekends, and for someone to ask these questions of Leinster, because you could see Leinster fans got into the game more than they would have if it was a thirty-point massacre in the way that some people predicted. Maybe it wasn't going to be thirty points, but yeah. the bookie said it was going to be a ten-point win. I think you're right in the bums and seats point. We had all become a touch desensitised to the lure of Leinster Munster because it was such a dead affair and it was such a dominant affair on Leinster's part and it was a wonderful spectacle, amazing game. Graeme Rowntree quoted afterwards said uh, he turned to some of the coaches on the pitch and he asked, is this really happening? Yes, it is, he said, uh, was the response. So he was thrilled, even though he was cool as a cucumber in the coach's box and Dennis Leiby is obviously... uh, practicing some kind of Zen meditation because he was uh, unperturbed throughout. Keith Earls, 35 years young, groin injury turned out not to be season ending. And so we saw him at the Aviva with his daughters lapping up what could be, I don't know what his plans are, but what could be a fitting finale to his career on Irish soil. And he said afterwards, this is overwhelming for me. I shed a tear. It's been a rough season for me. Talked about the injuries and he said as well, I haven't won a se- I haven't won in 12 uh, seasons with Munster so it's time to do so and Peter Romani was very much of the uh, this is all for nothing if we don't win the final approach afterwards Gordon great game uh, could you take a, a certain solace in the scenes at full time or are you just that blue eyed that you were spitting Um, yeah like I, Munster earned it didn't they like they still had to go 80 metres they still had to get the ball over the over the bar so um, like you take your hat, you take your hat off to them, um, and because Leinster, like we're four minutes left in the clock, they're in the right uh, end of the field, they're winning the game, um, and they gave Munster two opportunities to go the length of the field, and Munster took it at the second one. So, like I don't think you can have any any real uh, qualms at that. Jack Crowley was clearing a rook two phases before he hits a drop goal, so they did it the hard way and. You, I think Rory's point is exactly right. That was the team Leinster put out and it wasn't good enough uh, to get over the line against Munster. So you you, you lick your wound and you, and you move on. And um, historically, Leinster's biggest rival and I think um, they haven't been there in the last few years. And finally, we're looking at a Munster team that is really well coached and this is what coaching does. And I've always been a huge proponent of coaches or, you know, coaches that coach players to get ready for matches. And that's what this group of coaches are doing. And it puts a massive question mark over the last five years, of the previous reign and going, what were they doing? Yeah. Because there's a large group, there's a large cohort of where we're, I suppose, under under both tenures. Um, you're talking about Keith Urge, you're talking about Peter Romani, but there's a lot of players um, whose careers were stunted for um, a long period, of, a long period of time. Um, and Munster are back, and they're back with a with a, with a bang, which is, as Rory's saying, is it's good for Leinster in the long run. It's hard for them today, and um, it also puts the 
I suppose the challenge of the URC and the timing of the Champions Cup into perspective and go, can you compete on two fronts um, realistically, given how, you know, it's knockout rugby for, you know, two weeks before the Champions Cup and the week after it. So four knockout games back to back. I don't think too many teams have that um, have that schedule. You use the phrase there, the careers of Amahani and Earls and other Munster players, their careers stunted due to the quality of coaching. That's a stark way of putting it. I suspect most people would completely agree with you. In many ways, the best thing that's happened to Munster is a phone call from Bath because lest anyone need reminding, the powers that be in the Munster hierarchy and the RFU would still have Van Gran as coach had he not decided to leave. So, uh, you know, they, they get plenty right, but they get plenty wrong as well in the upper echelons of Irish rugby. Yeah, you know, best laid plans and all that. Um, not too many people applying for the job as well, but all the same things. And um, uh, Graham Rentree ending up as the coach. And, I, and to be, I, not that I know anything about how that uh, materialised. Maybe he was their first choice as soon as um, Van, Van Graham was, was gone. I don't know, but he's he is the right guy for the right time. Uh, right guy at the right time for the, for, for for Munster, and he's picked a brilliant backroom staff, um, and he's ended up in the it, like we're seeing it now on the on, on the pitch. And it's like, like it is. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm blue glasses all the way. Is that that was a tough. That was the first time since I finished playing rugby that I actually went. Oh, that 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 loss hurts watching it. On the Van Gran versus Rentree era point. It's hard to argue, isn't it? I mean, Van Graan did get to a couple of finals. Um, he got them to the European semi-finals as well. He didn't. He never got, and that's all that Graham Rentree has done. Although, albeit in year one, I think Van Graan got to a European final semi-final in his first season, having taken over from Razzie and lost the semi-final to Leinster in a very similar game where it was Max Deegan as Munster came in the length of the pitch Max Deegan got in over the ball and won a turnover and Leinster won with a kind of a shadow side as well and it was there was a lot of parallels with that game on Saturday so when the coaches talk about fine margins Van Gran I'm sure has a list of, of moments and fine margins that, that got away from him but certainly he I think over the course of his tenure they moved very far away from the Munster identity to try to impose a South African style on the province uh, it didn't fit their players Larkham came in everyone expected it to really you know big global name and, and it never really worked it never really clicked and I know Mike Pendergast has a really good solid CV behind him and people in Limerick and, and in Munster really respect him but he's not like a, he's not a Stephen Larkin he hasn't won a World Cup as a coach but he's a far more aligned appointment with what Munster's values are about he gets the province he, he's from the province he's gone off and earned his stripes and he's come back in and he's done wonders Leamy you know was coaching schools and got recruited by Leinster did his time in Leinster and they, they go and identify him and he is putting everything he learned there back into in, into into what he's doing they've appointed Ian Costello as a director of operations a big hole in the operation that they've had in the past from next season that's a re- another little nugget that 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 will will help them in the future so the, the operation as a whole it doesn't all fall on one man or one you know they 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 had a director rugby in Razi Rasmus and he was he was supposed to run the ship from from top to bottom he left and they appointed a a rookie head coach in Van Gran and it was too big a job for him in many ways and I don't think he was the right fit he was a very decent man to deal with I always liked my dealings with him but ultimately they came up short repeatedly on his watch and and 
you know, a lot of the performances against Leinster in particular, they'd never landed a blow. Well, you couldn't accuse them on Saturday, even if they hadn't. If Crowley's drop goal had drifted wide, they threw plenty of shots on Saturday. They'd have a lot of regrets if it hadn't gone their way. But the way that I think supporters still would have, they would have been heartbroken, but they would have left going, we're on the right track here. And a lot of times under Johan, you didn't feel that way. You kind of felt like they were kind of on a hiding to nothing every time. And, and they'd, every season felt the same. They get to the certain point and they just couldn't break it. Whereas now, even though they haven't brought in any major superstars, I know Fekato was a, an international and, and Snyman, who the, maybe if he, him and Dielande had been fit for together for a long time, might have changed Van Graan's era. It does feel like now, with a very similar squad, they're on a much better trajectory. And even if it doesn't uh, result in finals, th- there's a lot more to like about the way they approach the game and their 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 uh, their mindset. Their mindset's great. You know, it's it's far more positive. Gordon, I, to, to your right, would you tell us the difference between a Van Graan Munster team and a Roundtree Munster team? What's jumping well, out? Well, I was going to what I was going to say was if you take two players as good examples, look at the rugby that Jean Klein is playing and Shane Daly, and it's night and day to what they were doing twelve months ago. Two of the most consistent players in red jerseys over this season, and both have been, I'm sure, are enjoying their enjoying their rugby. And no team has a, you know, deserves or will win a trophy. You know, that's you, you get yourself to finals and you're into final, you're into final footy. That's all. That's all you can. That's all you can hope for. And then, and I'm sure we'll get to that with uh, with Leinster. Mm-hmm. You get to the final, and then it's a one a get to the one off match. But those two are brilliant examples. And Crowley coming through, and Ben Healy coming through now. And look at the look at the footy that they're playing versus. Well, Crowley wasn't playing twelve months ago and couldn't and couldn't get a look in. Um, I think that's the, that's the big difference. You're, they're enjoying how they're playing and they're starting to starting to starting to believe and buy into it. And um, you look at the manner of their, you know, the way they played. They the way they were set up to play under uh, Johan was about damage limitation. Right. And you play the statistics. You play the numbers. Whereas now they're taking risks and um, they're calculated risks and they're they're based now on the belief in the in the in the system and how they're and how they're playing and and it becomes a quite a virtuous circle and they're you know and they're and and they're and they're doing and they're earning they're earning their wins and it's good. There's a behind there's a tactical change that's quite clear, but there's also a cultural change in that the internationals are no longer guaranteed their spots. How many caps you have doesn't count for anything when it comes to the Monday or Tuesday selection meeting. He dropped Conor Murray for a European game earlier this year. He was very close, apparently, to dropping Peter Romani at one stage as well. The message went out to the squad that no matter how... Like, he dropped him completely from the 23 for a massive game. Mm. Um, brought him back in, and it's he's responded. Mm. And that's what... Like, no one was saying finish Conor Murray forever, but no, no harm in giving a guy a, sh- a shot across the bows every so often. Joey Carberry was a gift to Munster from the IRFU five or six years ago and, and they played him and played him and played him and played him but as he got worse they've just gone we're going to go with the guy who's time for Scotland and, and the guy we think is the franchise, the new franchise quarterback and now Carberry's running the water on big games and can have, can have no complaints because Ben Healy was great when he when he started the game and then Crowley steps in and, and nails the drop goal and, and even Rory Scannell come off the bench and play well if you train well you play at the weekend yes. that's the message and that I think that's been the case at Leinster for a long time that's something they learned over time I think they it was the 2016 or 17 semi-final they started a couple of players 
that they that that hadn't been fit, and they went and they 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 or maybe it was the Connacht final. It was the Connacht final in sixteen. They 16. started a load of lads who hadn't trained that week, yeah. and they got and and the, the, what the lesson from that was: we only go with guys who are training well. There's no point in playing internationals if they're not fit. It's taken Munster an awful long time to get to that point because when you came back from Carton House, you walked into the team. That's not the case anymore, and I think that's a testament to Roundtree steel and a bit of ruthlessness and a bit of the Leicester uh, Tigers mentality that he would have had it when he was there and he, you have to remember he was there for the two, last two years so he's absorbed all the lessons of the Van Grand reign as well yeah. now he was complicit in it as well but I suppose he wasn't the top man He's but a bit like Andy Farrell watching Joe Schmidt he's changed things in the direction he, of, of that, that he feels that he wants to go and it's it wasn't successful initially. I always thought it, they would get there, but I thought this season was going to run off course. But it's it's a really, really impressive piece of management for a player, a person that, as Gordon said, I don't think was first choice for the job. Mm-hmm. God, they must be lucky, or counting their lucky stars that they got him in the end. Absolutely. Gordon, by the way, loving your use of footy. I mean, Matt Williams for too long has been an agent out in the cold, but you're uh, you're going there. It's, 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 it's long overdue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Are you finding yourself looking at Ben Healy, Gordon, saying, Did we, have we made a big faux pas here? Have we made, made a mistake? Uh, like, I don't think, like, at the time, I think you're kind of looking at it at fair value going, he was, like, I put it this way, sorry, kind of, is he any closer to getting to into a national squad? Perhaps, Probably perhaps not. not. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not just, this isn't like the Irish, just the Irish system. He had the option of playing for Scotland. And I'd say they're looking at him going, okay, you're going to offer something different. I did actually wonder watching him uh, in the in the opening kind of 25 minutes while he was on the pitch, are we starting to see a little bit of Gregor Townsend's input on him? Um, and that little bit of a, because he was very good when he when he was on. and looked very composed. Um um, yeah, and I just wonder, is that the benefit we're seeing here? And, you know, if he had if he had stayed inside a contract, maybe we wouldn't be getting that. Um, but, yeah, they're, uh, they they looked like a good combination while they were on the field. Mm. It looks like he's acclimatised very well to going up a level and that being in national squad for two months with Scotland has, you know, he's a, 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 that's, that's helped him become a better player, become more comfortable. And he probably wouldn't have got that shot with Ireland, but now... Having played for Scotland, he's ironically he, he. I don't think he'd be in the squad. But he's he's certainly moving his way up the ladder beneath the the main protagonists. And and you wouldn't if he were still Irish qualified. And a couple of people went down. You wouldn't have any fears about picking him. Yeah. But I do think he's still behind Sexton, Byrne, Crowley, um, and then you have Harry Byrne, Sam Prendergast, Jack. You know there, there are there are other people in the mix like long term. Yeah. Frawley as well. I mean Frawley's Australian qualified. So um, you know for the time being he's still you know if he doesn't get capped he still remains that remains a live option. In, in the same way um, potentially post-World Cup I know Eddie Jones made contact at one stage or, or certainly the Australian system did he's, he's staying here for now but the longer he has to wait you know, that option is there and that's the dynamic with these players Yes uh, There was that symbolic moment where Crowley Gordon ran into Harry Byrne and knocked him down and Byrne stayed down for a few moments afterwards and of course Crowley has that moment uh, at the end In general play how would you compare the two tens? Oh, I'd, I'd say they gave as good as I'd say they gave as good as they got. Okay. Really, they were fairly evenly matched. Like we take that drop goal out of it, mm. I don't think anybody would be talking about Crowley or Harry Byrne in that match. Okay, to be honest. It, it's a pity Harry Byrne wasn't able to take that conversion to, to see would he have, you know it was a clutch kick and yeah. he, he had a bang apparently so it just prevented him from doing it. I thought he played very well um, and I think he ran over someone in the first half as well 
Crowley is, has stolen a march on him. I think they were both, you know, Harry Byrne went to New Zealand last year, picked up injuries, wasn't able to get, get onto the pitch at, at all there. Hasn't been involved with Ireland since, whereas Crowley's been in, in, either in the match day 23 or on, uh, there on match day ever since. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Byrne was part of that extended Ireland squad that's named after the... Especially he's on the bench on Saturday, so if you know if he comes onto the... On, onto the pit, well, him or Frawley, anyway, um, if he comes on against La Rochelle and affects the game, it's good for him that he's managing these games. And like long term, a lot of those Leinster players, this will be an experience that they, that will stand to them. Um, he did a lot right. I mean, the forward pass um, when Henshaw maybe mm. you know could that have gone slightly earlier. That was a that was a clutch moment. But like you know, these are. I don't think he played badly, and I don't yeah. think he was the reason Leinster lost the game by any manner of means. So uh, yeah, yeah. Final thought or two on, on Munster, Gordon. What was the winning of the game? They like they were on top uh, for much of it. They kicked to the corner plenty, and there were, there were moments in the twenty-two where they could have really um, gone out of sight. Didn't quite manage to do it, but. Uh, People have generally said, I think you said it at the outset, they were deserving winners. So, in the main, why was that? Um, well, like, I think deserving winners, either had either team won, I think you'd have very little argument against uh, against either okay. of them. So, they both were deserving winners because they both played with ambition. What I think was really, really impressive from Munster was they had one chance to go the length of the field and they needed to do everything right and they did everything right. Mm. Um, it was naive by Leinster to give them the opportunity, but they did. Mm. Actually, they gave them two opportunities. Um, Coombs got the turnover, and uh, Munster, Munster did exactly what they did in the opening minutes in the last three minutes, which was they were keeping the ball in play, they were kicking it long, and they were throwing offloads uh, to beat to beat the band. So when Coombs kicked, when Coombs turned it over, they kicked the length of the field, they put pressure on. Leinster came back, turned it over again, and they went again, kicked the length of the field, and uh, and forced Leinster to kick it back to them uh, sloppily. Um, and but they still had to show the ambition to go and and create yes. a score. Yes. Um, they kept plugging, as I say, Crowley was clearing rooks just before he hit the drop goal. So they showed the same ambition, and that was to show the difference in the mentality, the composure that they had to go. Well, we need to create a need to create a score, um, and they were able to do it. Leinster had arguably the easier of the two jobs, where they just had to see out three or four minutes in the. They didn't have to get to the right area of the field; they were in it. Mm. All they had to do was see out the uh, the last three or four minutes, and too many players were like rabbits in the headlights. They were spooked and they made bad decisions. Mm, okay. We'll come to Leinster in a bit more depth in a moment. Um, it's funny, Rory, I do think of early in the season, particularly those opening matches for Munster when the handling errors were off the charts and in fairness to the coaching ticket and the players, they've stuck with it. And maybe we saw the fruition of that on Saturday. With the view to the Stormers, who were 43-25 uh, winners against Connacht, really picked them off despite not having much uh, possession uh, throughout a video has emerged, which has everybody, um, uh, I guess, laughing initially, and then uh, it's been deleted. But I mean, it's it's too late. The cat's out of the bag. So if you haven't seen it, in effect, it's the Stormers camp uh, watching the Leinster Munster match at the stadium after having just beaten Connacht, and they're like counting down the final few seconds before the ball's kicked out of play. You know, five, four, three, and then the champagne is being popped. Music starts. Wild cheers! I think somebody shouts, "We're going to f them up." It's Joseph Weber, their starting <laughs> hooker. I mean, he said like he's looking at the camera. He's very identifiable. The head coach okay. is dancing with delight. Uh, Dion Fourier, their thirty-seven-year-old Springbok, is pumping his fist. They're yeah. whooping and hollering. There's no denying it. There's no we don't. 
need to answer on this one, Joe. The Stormers are very happy that they're not playing Leinster in Dublin, probably because they don't have to get on another long haul flight, having spent yeah, the whole. To be fair, few I'm, months. I'm sure that is a big part of it. Do we, like, yeah, no, it's it's a huge part of it. But also, they they brought their entire squad to Leinster. They gave when they played Leinster a month ago, they gave the Springboks a choice. You could play Curry Cup up the road, or you can go play Leinster in, in a URC game. And they all said, yes. "Let's go play Leinster," because they thought they were coming here for a final. Because you know that's what it looked like to all intent and on purposes and if Leinster had finished the job or if Ryan Barrett had just managed to close his hands a little bit and got a touch to the drop goal that's what we'd be looking at um, but how I mean someone within the inner circle has put that out there and I, like I don't know how these things work in terms of what you put up in a dressing room all mm. but I'm sure every Munster player has seen it and, oh, and while you could God, God explain bless, it away God bless the cameraman uh, oh, absolutely it's something good fodder for us but like for, for one of their starters to go we're going to F them up is yeah. just uh, into the camera with his child in his arms <laughs> it's quite something so uh, it sets it up absolutely lovely and like they're the champions they, they mm. you know they're they'll be very confident on home soil but Munster only won there a month ago you know so it's uh, it's set up so beautifully Gordon we're going to F them up I mean <laughs> I just don't know like yeah it's great for you know for, for Munster it definitely will um, own the own senses and everything from a Munster point of view Munster will like Munster have said it already say listen this is this is not a you know like Ulster getting t-shirts printed, winning a semi-final and, you know, celebrating like they've they've won the trophy. Munster, it was a big monkey off their back beating Leinster in the Aviva. But straight away you heard Peter Manny going, this this means nothing yeah. without following that up. They've got two weeks. They need the two weeks. You can see what it took out of them and they get some, will most likely get some players back. They will be travelling. They will... South Africans will treat them like underdogs and Munster, we know how dangerous they can be in this type of environment where they come in that Munster DNA seems to be resurfacing a little bit, um, which is no bad thing. Mm. And this is a perfect example, perfect um, match for them to come in in a way, in a fashion they like coming in. And the Stormers... The Stormers are going to look at that and they're going to go, but Stormers are, South Africans are so good at knockout rugby and they're so hungry for trophies. They're so hungry for big wins. Um, it just, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant final. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's lots of stuff coming in off that. It's going to be noise to a large, large extent. I'd be very surprised if the Stormers don't show up for this match. I would tend to agree. And I saw Keane Tracy tweeting that the cheapest tickets for this final are starting at 3.85. So they are doing everything they can to have a full stadium. Well, no they're, they're it's um, the 1,800 euros for a flight. Yeah, well, yes, yeah that's yeah. the problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stormers, I got a chance to sit down with John Dobson, our coach. That time they were over in Dublin and they're big. He's a bit of a character. Uh, he's a real character, yeah. yeah. He's written novels and, and he's a former journalist and he's he's got a real interesting backstory. But he, their big mantra is to make Cape Town smile. And they don't want to be playing in front of an empty stadium with about 300 rich people. They want to, you know, there's a lot of poverty in Cape Town. They want to have people from all socio democratic back backgrounds coming in, supporting them. Like we had, they had an open top, uh, open top bus parade through Cape Town after they won this last year. Like they treat this as the, the equivalent of Super Rugby. I mean, the European Cup is obviously big, but they want to win URC. They want to connect with their people. And like, it's a big stadium. It's a World Cup stadium. Pity about the pitch. The pitch is a pig. But it's it, it's going to be a proper occasion over there. It's going to be a big, big crowd. 
you know, there'll be a couple of hundred Munster fans will, will pony up because they always do and it's it's an expensive trip as Gordon mentioned but it's going to be largely locals they get behind their team they're, they're probably the the Bulls are pretty well supported as well. maybe they're not the best supporter but they have a very strong support base they have a very strong identity they have a very proud tradition as Western Province going back to the days where they played in Newlands they're a proper proper addition to this tournament they're a really good team as well they've got great players Libox he's not the greatest goal kicker in the world but he's a massively exciting 10 they've got De- Damien Valemsa they've got a really good forward pack they're a great team Like we all wondered about the South Africans coming in but Stormers have thrown themselves into this and become part of the part of the furniture they have a good rivalry with Ulster they have a good decent you know there's there's a decent bit of spice now going into this Munster game that's what we want I know it's only noise as Gordon said but we like noise we want to this competition so often doesn't create any noise it struggles to break through so this is I think people will be excited next week for this final sorry if we're going to F them up isn't like the promo for the whole week then we're just not trying it's great it's brilliant it it is the promo isn't it we started on Monday (laughs) to talk about Um, we'll take a short break there's loads to discuss around Leinster both from the weekend just gone and of course the next few days our rugby coverage off the ball is with thanks to Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish Rugby team we all belong to the team of us Rory O'Connor staying here in studio Gordon Darcy staying with us back in just one moment Monday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish Rugby team we all belong to the team of us Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish Rugby team we all belong to the team of us Uh, Welcome back Gordon Darcy is with us Roy O'Connor of the Irish Independent with us as well so for uh, Leinster it's that time of the year again it's the defining few days there's the whole uh, decades where nothing happened weeks where decades happened type thing so they're into that uh, scenario Uh, Leo Cullen's team selection Gordon from the weekend just gone Hugo Keenan, Gary Ringrose, Jordan Larmer, James Lowe, albeit injury concern, Ross Byrne, Gibson Park, Porter, Sheehan, Tig Furlong, Ross Maloney, James Ryan, Kellen Doris. We know why he did it. Did he push it too far? Would you be critical of the team selection from the weekend? Um, not like not massively. Like it was like what? There was five percent in the in the in the in the difference. Um, as I said, like Leinster were winning. 76 uh, minutes. Would that further further suggest it was really within Leinster's grasp to win it? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, you know, I'm sorry, and not to be to try and rebalance the scales there as well. Um, Leinster turned Munster over three times, you know, what, a couple of inches from their from their own defensive line. So, you know, it was easily within Munster's to be home and hosed as, as well. But sure. we just played the game, you know, where we were at that stage. Um, I think he probably expected more from from Leinster and um, from the players um, and it probably will shed a light on you know how much Munster have closed that gap on Leinster and um, you know I've said as I said earlier in the, the the way the season falls if for the URC teams if you know Leinster have been in this position numerous times now where they're trying to balance on two on two uh, two fronts and the challenge in the URC has gotten substantially harder. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure he's going to be critical of, or you can be critical of his selections. You look at the, you look at where it was. Like he still had, he still had a, you know, a, a strong enough tight five. You, your two overseas players, three, your three overseas players all lined out in that in that game. Um, and Munster were just better. Because I'd say Rory. 
Leo Cullen does not a good job, but a, a spectacular job throughout the season of judging how far he can push the envelope. Mm. And maybe he was a touch surprised by just how good Munster were and the extent to which they've improved. And, and to Gordon's point, disappointed with how uh, his starting team played. It's very costly. This isn't a, a normal league game where they get caught. This is defining moment. And you kind of, you know, you, you look, I think he referenced uh, Munster being battle hardened. Uh, we see big performances from players back to back in Six Nations. And you, you kind of think, like, could a whole bunch of those other players not have got up for these two weeks, adrenaline, and, and been fine? I, like, I wasn't shouting on the, off the rooftops about this, you know, before this. So I kind of feel like a bit of scoreboard journalism to be criticising in, in after the fact. But I mean, the result is the result, and the result is at the end of the day what matters and if they win on Saturday he'll he'll say it was worth it yes. you know this is the big prize and at the end of a long season it was the right thing to do to give our players two weeks off yeah, not even two weeks because a fair few of them played against the, the Sharks two weeks out and that was a game that he did could they have gone weaker against the Sharks because the Sharks were missing so many frontliners coming over from South Africa and then gone closer to full full bore in the, the, the semi-final against Munster seven days out and got into a rhythm there is an argument for that Um I wasn't making it last week, as I say, so I, don't, I feel a little bit guilty about kind of coming in here now and going, yeah, God, yeah, what, what a disaster. It's, it's, it's pathetic, Rory, on your it part, is. No, but it, like, I think they'll have a big review of it after, at, the end of, at the end of it all. And if they lose next week and they've nothing to look forward to a week later, it's a bit of a, like, for, you know, it's a sporting disaster. I was going to say it's a disaster. You know, in the real life, it's, sure. it's not really, but it's, it's the, you know, for this squad of players who've just won a Grand Slam, lar- largely most of them, um, to go two seasons without a trophy is really um, would be would be uh, a, f- a failure. You know, there's no they would they would consider it a failure themselves. I mean, they've got Lancaster and Sexton on the way out, and obviously Sexton not being there means that they have to go further into the depth charts. So they're starting Harry rather than Ross. You know, if if if, if things were right, you know, Van der Fleer coming off the bench after one minute was never part of the plan. You can imagine the impact he would have had with twenty minutes to go, half an hour to go. But that's what happens. You know, that that's what happens in in games. They would say, I would think, if you talk to them. I was just at their press briefing and Stuart Lancaster talked a lot about grey areas and sounded like a bit of a euphemism for decisions that didn't go their way. Um, particularly the, the Coombs steal on the line. I think they, they, they would be quite unhappy about that. Coombs kind of gets it after he's potentially lost the clean out. But what was in their, within their gift, what, that there was enough within their, their own power to, to, to go and win it themselves and they'll be really disappointed about it. If they end up with nothing, it'll be a real regret. If, if they... It, a lot of it depends on how how this week goes, but it's definitely going to bleed into this week. It's definitely there'll be a bit of a. They're not bouncing into the, the the final week. They're kind of limping in on the back of a big disappointment, and it's a big challenge of their coaches and their leadership to kind of you know turn the page and and, and focus in on La Rochelle. It's do a big enough prize. It should yeah. be. They should be able to do, do you it. Do you agree with that, Gordon? Like to to what extent does Saturday bleed into the prep and the mood this week? If at all, I don't like. I I don't think it does. I think it's. I think it. Sorry. I kind of take agree with one thing and and disagree with the other. The agree with one, it's it is a massive challenge for the leadership group and for the coaches, but it's a challenge to flip it into a into a positive. Um, and there is definitely they can definitely take some positives from the. Well, sorry, they can definitely they can definitely use this in the right way to make it a positive this this week. Um, they clearly prioritised the Champions Cup. Sure. So I think you kind of have to, but you've now put all your eggs in one basket and that's massive, as Rory kind of is saying, um, putting a massive pressure and a massive focus to get this to get this win. Um, and it is a massive, like it's, 
it's a it's 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 huge um and i'm just but so the thing I was just thinking about as well is like it's the fourth rotation in as many weeks of the playing group and last week and the week before they played like teams that were heavily rotated now the Toulouse performance was was very good yeah. um and if they can find they have sorry they have to find that level of performance again uh this week um for it to be worth it um but just that level of rotation is a small concern i think you know you have players rested and everything so how they manage that loss coming in will be really really important to try and get a get a performance this week because yes now we're into all duck and no dinner scenario yeah. it's not as if la rochelle are, are coming in coming in like did is, did anybody play against montpellier that's going to play this week like you know they had a couple of lads on the bench they lost on the road who cares you know that was a nothing match for them um they won they beat toulon to earn a two-week running Gordon, Gordon's probably better to speak about this, but there are times, I think the Australia 2013 game into the New Zealand one, Joe Schmidt, that whole window was, was tailored around the All Blacks game and, and the Australia performance was a bit of a stinker, but Ireland nearly beat the All Blacks a, a week later. I wonder how much mental energy has was, was, and this is not to diminish Munster's achievement in beating them, but I wonder how much over the last two weeks the analysis uh, the coaches have been doing the talk the meetings has been channeled more towards La Rochelle than the games that were in front of them maybe early in the week before you switch yeah. into preparing the team so did that you know the thing that was looming in, in the distance take away from the immediate media target it, like I thought they, they were they were well tuned in on Saturday they didn't play their own game but they coped very well with what Munster threw at them at times and I think Leinster played very well on Saturday in many respects and some of their players were exceptional I thought Ryan Baird was outstanding Max Deegan was brilliant Josh van der Fleer was unbelievable Having not even been supposed to be on, you know, starting, I thought Henshaw tuned up really, really well. Keller was really physical. They have him back on the bench. That's a big boost this week. So it's not all a disaster. And if, as I say, if you know, if they'd held on, we wouldn't be talking this way. No, you know, that's it, true. It, but but I wonder how much of their energy has been dicta- de- dictated and how much that happens, Gordon. Like, do do you sometimes use part of the week to plan for the bigger bigger game at the end of a window? Yeah, no, I think you know, and that's and that's a really good and it's a really good observation. <sighs> There, there clearly has been a um, a build a build in to the to, to the La Rochelle game, but I think what you're saying there, like the individual, and that was the, and that's been the what's been missing in the last two performances was that team performance. Individuals have played well. It's hard to say Leinster have played poorly, but they they haven't been convincing yeah. and that's a, and that that's that's been a worry with the with with the rotations uh in the in in the squads you're not saying that the it's just that you know Leinster are very much around the sum of their parts um and that gives them that massive outperformance um but some players just were below the ex- expected standard uh for Leinster at the weekend and that was you know, and players like Max Deegan getting those turnovers covered up an awful lot of um, covered up an awful lot of the cracks that Munster were able to expose. Like nope. two hundred ninety nine tackles, I think, is what Leicester made. Right, not a deal weekend. that we go from a final. No, yeah. I'm curious, like, <clears throat> curious, Gordon, as well, for your thoughts. Another aspect of this final, and then we might get into the nuts and bolts and and why La Rochelle have won in recent years and what Leinster might do to address that. But the other aspect of this final is. 
it is the end of the Lancaster era. It is the end of the Sexton era. And so on the outside, it's funny, like we're, we're talking about how this final will define that era. Was it exceptional and very fruitful or do we pitch it up as an underachievement to have just managed one European Cup? Like you've been in the inside. Do you suspect players are seeing it in those terms as well, that there is a, a last dance quality or... I don't know, you're 24 years of age, like, the king is dead, long live the king. I plan to be in a lot more of these finals, like, this is just one of many, I, that's not on my mind at all. What, what's your sense of how their departures and that end of era talk will be sitting with the group? So, I remember in 2007, uh, we were sitting in Italy and Dennis Hickey gave a, uh, a chat just before the um, going to play Italy. I just talked about, listen, you've no idea. And it was kind of like, well, it didn't really, well, I didn't like, it, it, it really hit home, but it was like, oh, it seems a little bit out of uh, out of kilter. We had a chance to win the championship that year, but it didn't really, but for some reason it just resonated. There was a real emotional resonance with whatever he said in that. And it was just about taking opportunities and you never know what's going to happen. And he was, then would announce his retirement. So it was very, you know, he was kind of uh, playing on the, kind of teeing up his uh, kind of saying, listen, this this could be something special for us uh, over the next kind of couple couple of months. And we, that performance we play, like played in that in that Italy game was, you know, just it, it hit the right notes for everybody. There is always that performance in everyone, and I think M- Munster the challenge for them is to make sure that this that wasn't there. Coup de Grand, that wasn't their emotional performance, and they save it for the Stormers in the same way for Leinster. So James Ryan, when he is setting the tone this week it is finding that tone sorry it's not about setting the tone it's about finding that tone and how you weave all those little subplots into training and it's not so overtly as you're going oh we're doing it for Stuart and we're doing it for things that but it is and that's I suppose the, uh, the art of being a captain and an art of being a leader that you find that way to deliver that so that it strikes a chord with everybody mm. so that no stone is left unturned unturn- and those zero talent moments in a game that you win every one of them so that there's no there's nothing left to chance that if it's something small of just getting up off the ground before the Larry Shell players that everybody is bought into that and that you build pressure from zero to 80 minutes because it might be in the 78th minute that you need to win the game just as Munster did uh, as we've gone through so there's a big this is where I think this is what you're talking about Rory that the how James Ryan finds that tone this week, how Leo finds it, how Stewart finds it, and players buy into it. So one-off game, how do we win this? Doesn't matter. We just have to win. Rory, who do you make favourites? Well, the bookies have to hide behind them. Have made Lancer favourites. I think it's a scratch. I. I'm leaning towards La Rochelle. The more, the closer, the closer it gets. They've had the edge in this fixture for the last two years. The Aviva final was a major boon for Leinster all season, and the closer it gets, the more I wonder whether it's almost a burden in terms of like the pressure that's building on them. You know, having lost this game last weekend with the the send offs that, that 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 are coming. I'm sure there's a plan to give Johnny Sexton the cup so he can raise it. There's a tradition in Leinster that an outgoing legend gets to lift yeah. the trophy when you win it. Um, he might not want to do it, you know, given he hasn't had much involvement this season. But they'll want him. They want to give, like, you know, they want they want all of that. And maybe I'm overplaying it because I mean, a lot of these players have just won a Grand Slam at home when the pressure was even 
greater against against England on Patrick's Day, all the stuff that Andy Farrell embraced. But I do think that Ron O'Gara will be relishing this more than, than he'll relish any game in his entire life. You know, I, I have this enduring image ever since they won the semi-final of him jumping the hoardings in 06 after scoring the try in in that semi-final. Like, imagine how much it would mean to him to come back to Dublin and beat Leinster in, in a final with, with, with his La Rochelle team. And I'm sure they felt written off by, by the way people talked about the semi-final between Leinster and Toulouse. I know it gets to them that Leinster talked about year in, year out as the best team in Europe when they've actually won the thing and they got to a final the previous year and should have won it only for a red card and a couple of other decisions. So they're a consistently excellent team. They have a lot of the the, the special bits that you need to get under Leinster's skin. It, it's no coincidence James Tracy was in here talking about holding holding your weight at the uh, your body weight at rooks and trying to plant seeds in Jacob Piper's head. So Gara clearly was irked by that when he came on last week. That was a very interesting little insight into into the way Bocamps are look are looking at it. And Leinster know that Larochelle have the beating of them when they get it right. Their mission is to play the way they did in the first 50 minutes of last year's final, but take their chances. I don't think they'll be taking the points quite as frequently. I think even Munster showed at the weekend that even though they didn't get the reward for it, the positivity that you get from going to the corner, I know it could have sapped the energy out of it, but they were positive from minute one to minute 80. Last year, Leinster were probably a little bit conservative. I don't see that being the case this year. I think they'll pull out a couple. It's a while since we saw any other five-metre penalties. Mm. Um Look, I think they'll give a performance. I think they'll be a lot better this weekend. But I think La Rochelle, it's really hard to call. Yeah. Sorry for the no answer sitting no, on the fence. It's, but it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, to your right, the main reasons La Rochelle have beaten Leinster the last two years, how repeatable that is and, and what Leinster might try and do to address it now. No, it's massively repeatable. You just They're one of the few teams in world rugby that can fall back on, can fall back on a power game. It's not their go-to. Their go-to is you've got the two. The reason why La Rochelle and Leinster are in this final is because they are the they are the two teams that represent the way to play rugby at the moment. They are all action, high tempo. Kerr Barlow and Gibson Park is going to be an absolutely thrilling encounter. Um, but they 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 come to play. Leinster come to play. It's it's brilliant. Mm. But the one thing that La Rochelle can do is. Like I think they Leinster will give up ten kilos a person uh, this week. Wow. So in the pack, um, so when La Rochelle go for the corner, they're going for the corner, and they can they can play that. So what I think Leinster have to think a little bit differently this week, um, and there is an opportunity to do something. Something different now. I don't know what that is. I'm not a coach, but you do need to do something different. They need to change the. They need to change the. Change something in their favor, and I think defensively that that's that's where they can do something differently. So, you know, teams prepare in one way for defensive shapes. So there are lots of little things they can do um, about you know how they go in. You know, Leinster not competing at the breakdown maybe targeting the nine targeting you know targeting somebody somewhere on that and i'm sure they have something up their sleeve because they have to do it because um it's naive to think that you're going to be able to play high tempo rugby for 80 80 minutes you're going to have to do your fair share defending against um the form team in europe it's funny you say that because i do remember not last year but two years ago ahead of leinster la rochelle i think it was robin mcbride was talking about well 
we're going to go for ball and play time in the high 40s and that's going to take La Rochelle to a place they haven't been before and you know that that line of thinking didn't bear fruit on that occasion I don't know um, to what extent Gordon you think there's scar tissue with Leinster as well to what extent La Rochelle are under their skin a touch and as part of that as well you know Leinster's best team in particular as well come into this match once again untested for much of the season like once again not having to dig it out in the final few minutes against the top team push to the pin of their collar and I think that's, Stuart, that's over, I think that's overstated I Stuart, think. Stuart Lancaster didn't think so last year and was one of the reasons he was very happy the South Africans were in the URC because he pretty much came out and said yeah we do need to be tested more and what jogged that in my mind was you saying that you thought some of the Leinster players were rabbit and headlight stuff against Munster at the weekend so I don't know like Leinster have a plan so they get punched in the face would be the uncharitable uh, point to put to you in these finals over the last couple of years yeah, but I think the point I was making with the, some of the Leinster players, the, they just don't have the either the experience, experience wasn't there, sure. or it's not good enough, um, and they're not going to be playing this week. Sure, you know, but they were the guys hoped they they you know, hoped you hope they get in. And, and I take the point, and there is a clear difference with their first fifteen or the first twenty three. But but that idea of being practiced to be in those in the thick of it, up against it, uh, routinely yeah, is, is an advantage. Shell Lara Shell Lara Shell last have. year, it came down to like minutes, seconds to Leinster winning mm. you know like they are it's you know it's you, they weren't completely played off the pitch um, that, that's almost you know. my point though in what they weren't played off the pitch it was very much there for them and it's a few decisions which swung the tie and we're talking fine margins maybe if you're more routinely in the white heat of a match like that those decisions are a touch better I don't know if I'm right or wrong by the it's way the same it's just group of players that but look, it's the same group of players that same players that get plenty of that type of exposure at international level. Like they're good, they're good enough to do it for, when they're in green jerseys. Good enough to do it in blue jerseys. Um, you know, there's enough there's enough quality there to do it. Um, I think, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign up for that massively. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just think they have to like the physical the power threat threat that uh, La Rochelle are going to throw at them. Yeah, they don't they don't face it often enough. Like Len- Munster didn't put a it wasn't a power game at them. They just they just slow down their um slow down their rook um enough at the weekend to make them predictable and attack and then Munster were able to were able to match them. That's not going to happen with um you know the the players coming in kind of solve an awful lot of that. Gibson Park will be at the breakdown. He shifted away. Yeah. Leinster are going to score tries. They know they know they are. We also know Larry Shell are going to score tries. Mm. And I think defence is we saw from defence from Munster how impactful it can be in these one off games. And I think that's the card Leinster haven't haven't played enough in these finals that they've that they've lost. They've always I know Roy you're saying they were a little bit conservative last last time last time round. Um but equally I don't think they stressed La Rochelle enough on their ball. Mm. Where are you and all that? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. And it's again, it's like last Saturday. It, you know, they're so close to actually you know, we'd be saying they managed that game out really well. They 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 defended their line brilliantly and they struck at the right moments and, and they cough up the ball and Munster go the distance, and that's that is that's the game. That's and I'm, when Gordon's talking, I'm thinking about 2012 when he made that tackle on the line against against Claremont in Montpellier. I, um, you know, it, it, it had the 
the ball, I can't remember who the ball carrier was, had he got the, the nudge that time, you know, that would have gone down as a, you know, I, I, but that was a big moment from a big player in a big game, that, and that's that team has its legacy, and that's what it, you know, that's what it's all about. And last year, don't don't when butter, they were don't s- butter him up here. He's not here for this. <laughs> Come on. But like they looked scrambled last year, and I think they look, there's about three or four times in these big games in the last couple of years that they've looked scrambled. Like the the Saracens game in in Newcastle, Saracens got on top of them, and they just looked like everything they knew about the game was gone. Yes, La Rochelle have done it to them twice. Saracens did it at an empty Aviva in a quarter final when they just couldn't figure out their line out and all. They've all been slightly different, but there's yeah. been a common trend as the game has gone on. The other team has gone on top of them La Rochelle hammered them in the and, 20, and they're, they're only in that position I take Gordon's like I don't know what I think look, on this look, by most, the way, of, these, most of these players won a series in New Zealand so yeah. since last year's final I think they've been in very difficult places and won and okay. that will count, count to them and I think the experience of the Grand Slam game will definitely stand to them because mm. they, I know they're not staying in the Shelburne Hotel this time but they're waking up in, in Dublin they're, they're going you know, on a short drive through loads of blue flags loads of blue jerseys mm. they know what this means to the people They'll ne- most of these players um, we'll never get a chance to play a final in Dublin again. Like this is this is unique. This yeah. is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and they. I think that mental side of it, they should be more ready for it. And I think what the big difference this year is, they're twenty three years stronger. They went and they signed Jenkins. They have Al Alatoa who was there last year, but he's playing better this year. And they have Natai, who's a who's you know I only has one or two caps with the All Blacks. He's won Super Rugby. He's really experienced. I'd expect him to maybe get that twenty three jersey. Baird is in really good form. He wasn't involved last year. Whether he's coming off the bench or he's starting, you know, you start him. You've Conan come off the bench. You start Conan. You've got Baird coming off the bench. It's a really strong twenty you know twenty three man effort. Whereas last year, I think they got their bench a little bit wrong. They didn't really use it. I think they left two or three off the bench. That you know, Larochelle picked six two. They went strong mm. and they finished the game really well I think Jenkins signing was a singular thing to try and stop that mall you know to put a Springbok you know big heavy second row to bring him on for the last 25-30 minutes is, is, is a big thing to have that it didn't have last year and that will help but the mental side of it is is, is really interesting this week because they've lost a lot of big finals against teams like this that largely featuring Will Skelton in the middle of them you know it's it's a that that is the common thread through all of it but it's um, I do think there will be like it, it the defeat in Marseille last year really hurt them all you have to do is listen to the, what the players have said about it you, know, you talked about Caelan Doris in the pay-per-view yesterday and what he said mm. any player has mentioned it this year the disappointment and hurt that they felt coming out of that game was massive because of the way they lost it and, yeah. and, and that will linger but you can turn that as we said into the main chief motivation you know whatever about sending Sexton and Lancaster off on a high avenging that defeat is a, is a big thing as well OK uh, we've gone way over time who did you predict? Just about La Rochelle. Okay. Gordon, final word to you on that? Who wins and why? Yeah, I'm gonna be the uh, I'm gonna be the eternal opt- eternal optimist here. Um the head one hundred percent says La Rochelle. They're coming in on form. But I'm gonna go with the heart on this one and just go James Ryan leading a massive performance and sneaking a win. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's Leinster, Leinster, Munster a winner. And just we didn't touch Two. him at all. But I, like I think we should mention Andy Fran. I'll come back to it again. You know well, yeah, what, we'll a, what, a, what a legacy yeah. he's left, and they gave it a good shot over in Cape Town. So he's he uh, you know we wish him well as he, he misses press conferences. Absolutely. Oh my god, most <laughs> open coach in history. I yeah. Loved listening to him talk. He's fantastic. He's great, and uh, we'll try and nag him for an interview before he heads off in his caravan around Europe. Yeah, that'd be good. Flying the wall documentary. I know. I know. Okay. I didn't. Think, okay. So two heads saying La Rochelle. There we go. Very interesting, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, Gordon that's, said well, hi. I did say. But Sorry, I, his head said Larry. I finished Rochelle with saying heart. Leinster are going to win. With your heart, though. I mean, I can't put any. What, what stock can I put in your heart? <laughs>
Uh, there we go. That was great, fellas. Thank you so much, Gordon Darcy, uh, with us. Thank you, and Rory Connor of the Thanks, Irish Independent. Thank you. Here's Our us. rugby and off the ball. Thanks to Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Monday night rugby on off the ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.